lift our hands this morning. Lord, we thank you for Jesus. Lord, we know that if you're first in our life, that if we seek you first above all the things, anything that we have need of, anything that we have need of direction for, anything that we need wisdom for, as we seek you, because we know we need you, Jesus. Your word says, with you we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, but we cannot do what we need to do in this earth if we do not have you as the pilot in our lives. Father, I pray for every person here this morning that uh, you would be first and only in our source in this life. The number one source, the only source that we know that we have the greatest need for. Just like when we were saved, Lord, and we received Jesus. When we received you, Lord, we received healing. We received wholeness. We received life. And it says life abundantly. So we receive it today by faith. And we give you all the praise and all the glory and all the honor. We thank you for your presence here today. Holy Spirit, minister to the hearts of the people who are here today. And those who would listen to this message. That they would hear from heaven today for their life, for their situation. That you're just not... You're just not a God that we talk about, but you are a God who lives in our hearts today and is able to direct and guide us into all the abundance that you have for us and for all your children. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Hallelujah. Well, before you're seated, we're going to make our confession. Uh, I didn't see, is Marilyn here this morning? Okay. We prayed in the first service. If you'll keep the clingers in your prayers. And um, David Hunley, uh, who sat right over here just a couple of weeks ago, he went to be with Jesus on Friday. His wife's in a nursing home. So we need to keep that family in our prayers, too, this week. And uh, their names are in the bulletin if you'd like to just uh, pray for them this week. I know that for Linda in the nursing home, she's the one that was extremely ill. And instead, Dave is the one who went on to be with Jesus. And so she needs a lot of comfort right now in that nursing home. And uh, so let's make our confession today. Turn your neighbor and say, I have a purpose. We're going to make this confession together. I am here on purpose because I have a purpose. My heart is open. My mind is ready to receive because God is not finished with me yet. My best days are right in front of me, and I have victory in my life because Jesus lives in me. Amen. You can be seated. Hallelujah. <clears throat> we, we changed our confession uh, for this year. Uh, I heard this one when I was in Tulsa, and I thought, you know, this is something we all need to be focused on this year is that we have a purpose. Turn to your neighbor and say, you have a purpose. And turn to your other neighbor and say, I have a purpose. <laughs> And, you know, it's God's desire that we fulfill all that God has prepared for us in the earth. It's all available to us who believe. You know, when you tap into to the life that God gives you through Jesus Christ, you tap into abundance in every arena of your life. And uh, that's abundance of health, wholeness, uh, answers to questions. I don't know about you, but it, especially in the day we're living in now, 
it's important to know what's going on. And only heaven knows really what's going on. So when we tap into the voice of God and we hear from God, we're able to know things. It says in John 16 that the Holy Spirit will give us knowledge of things to come, even before you read it in the newspaper. You know, I heard somebody say, well, the newspaper's old news, you know, because everything's already been talked about 11 o'clock at night on the, the news on television. But God has new news. He has things that he wants to share with us that will prepare us for the everyday life that we all have to live in this earth. And uh, I don't know about you, but there's unexpected things that happen in my life some days. How many of you experienced that? But you know, it's always wonderful to know that that day God had me read something or God had somebody say something that when that situation came, I knew what God was saying to my heart. And I believe that's the life he wants us to live. This morning, we're going to talk about love found a way. Um, We're going to actually share for three Sundays, this Sunday on love, next Sunday on grace, and the last Sunday of the month on unity. And uh, since Valentine's Day is this week, the love one just fell right here where it's supposed to fall. And uh, by the way, everybody, Tuesday is Valentine's Day. You don't want to mess that up. If you have a relationship with somebody, you need to remember that it is valentine's day i got a message from somebody about uh going to a restaurant uh, to see if it would be crowded and they asked me because we they know we go there sometimes at a certain time yesterday i said well it might be this weekend because it's valentine's day and they text back and said oh yeah i forgot about that that's not something you want to forget about (laughs) if you if you have somebody there that's uh, counting on at least acknowledging that you love them on that day (laughs) okay john 316 which we talked about in the very beginning God so loved the world that he gave. Everybody say, love gives. You know, love, the three things God asked me to share this morning, I believe on are God's love is the foundation of our life. Uh, Because God is love. That's what it says in 1 John 4. God is love. And so if he's in our life, then that's the foundation upon which we build this house that we live in. And we're supposed to build our house upon the rock, not upon the sand. And when we build it upon love, the love of God, then that house is secure because that's what God built his house upon. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And and, uh, Kelly mentioned it in the worship time today. His only son he gave for each one of us that we would not perish but have everlasting life and that we would live in this world without condemnation. Everybody say without condemnation. You know, love and condemnation don't go together. Love and mercy, love and grace, uh, love and the unity of the Holy Spirit, love that surpasses sometimes what we see or what we feel. And uh, that love, it says in Romans 5, 8, and I would like you to put that one up, Donna, because, you know, love um, can be seen because this is what it says. God demonstrates, that means shows his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. When we see the cross or we talk about Calvary, we see the love of God demonstrated. What Jesus did was a demonstration of who God is, what what God has for each one of us. And that's a love that is not like the love of this world. Uh, you know, you hear people all the time saying, I love cookies. I love cake. I love pizza. You know, love is used in all kinds of, I love my dog. You know, my husband, while we were on, on our trip this last weekend in New Mexico, the one thing he missed, his dog. And uh, Megan stays with, at our house with our dog. She sent him a picture. 
of our dog sitting on a lawn chair out back, and, and she looked like she'd lost her best friend. And my husband was sure it was him that she was thinking of while she was sitting. He loves that dog. Well, you know, the love he has for that dog and the love he has for me, I think they're different. I, I think. Oh, I know, honey. They are, aren't they? Yeah. He chimed right in there. Um, <laughs> but I'm not sure because he's pretty merciful with that dog. But in Romans 5, 5, just above this scripture, and I didn't put that one for you to uh, put up on the screen up there, Donna, but I want to read it to everybody who's here because the love of God is a love called agape. That's the, the Greek word for this love. And um, it says in 5, 5, of Romans, just before it says about the demonstration of God's love. Now, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given us. And so this love may not be a love that is a feeling that we have every day. You know, phileo love is a brotherly love. It, it's more tied to emotions. Eros love is the, the physical love. So it's tied a lot to emotions. But agape love is tied to the heart of God. And it just says simply, I love you because God loves you. And it has nothing to do with how you act, what you do, what you say. This love surpasses that. And I want to read the definition to you because I think it, you know, it explains itself pretty well. An undefeatable benevolence. That to me is just someone who never gives up on you, no matter how bad the situation gets. An unconquerable Goodwill that always seeks the highest good of the other person, no matter what he does. Self-giving love that gives freely without asking anything in return and does not consider, does not consider the worth of the object. You know, when God sent Jesus, he didn't consider our worth. He only considered his love for us. And uh, when you read in Deuteronomy chapter 6, when God chose the Jewish people, the nation of Israel, it says in there, and I'm paraphrasing, but God said, I didn't choose you because you're the biggest group of people. I didn't choose you because you're the best group or because, you know, I'm, I'm just saying out of my own heart, because you do everything right. He said, I choose you for this reason, because I love you and because of an oath. Everybody say an oath. And that oath was his covenant that he made with Abraham. So he was saying, I'm going to love you, number one, because I'm in covenant with you. That means I will never separate from you. You'll have to, to walk away from me. I will never walk away from you. And I love you just because I created you. Turn to your neighbor and say, God loves you. You know, uh, that simple song we used to sing as children, Jesus loves me, this I know. Uh, I think a lot of the percentage of the body of Christ doesn't even know what the love of God is. I know I didn't, and I went to church all the time because all the love that I understood was if I do good, if, I, if I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, there's love. But I, I didn't understand discipline as a way of keeping me from harm. I, I understood it to say I wasn't loved. How many of you know there's a lot of people in the world today that are in that same place? And so uh, when it says God is love, everyone who is born of God has the love of God in them. So once we receive Jesus, we have access to a love that we do not in our own uh, ability have the uh, the knowledge of, uh, the 
any understanding of, we have to draw on the spirit. Everybody say on the spirit. We have to count on the spirit of God. And I'm going to share a a little bit about my trip because um, when you travel out of the country and you're in nations where, uh, number one, you can't communicate very well, um, but also the poverty level in Mexico where I went, in the state of Oaxaca, is extreme. Uh, the people we minister to come out of the mountains. The, a lot of the women, they're Mixteco Indians. Some of them speak a language that's not even uh, Spanish. So sometimes you have to have two interpreters. And by the time it gets to that person, you know, you just pray that everybody got it. But um, <clears throat> the women that came to that, some 1,300, that's what they well, they got 1,300 chairs, and, and they were all filled at one point, and people, children everywhere besides that. But um, w- when you get that many people together, it's the love of God, the compassion of the Lord that, at least for me, I feel when I speak. It's like it's not me, but I feel, I, I experience in my heart when I'm speaking and looking at those women the way Jesus feels about those women. It, it, it surpasses and takes you into the realm of the spirit rather than in the natural. And so, you know, there's no way 1,300 women that you can actually see their faces, uh, especially I ministered at night, both nights. And the tents, I mean, th- they went forever, it looked like to me. And we're going to show you a video, in fact. Could you put the video up of them dancing? Uh, you'll be able to see. It's a little dark, but you'll be able to just see the, the mass of people, um, that's the school. It's the one, um, it's, uh, that's Gina's school. There's a couple of others up there. There's one other video, I think, Donna. But, but in this, in this setting, you know, I'm way, way up high. Uh, I'm, I'm like up on a big platform. Because if I go down on the ground to minister, they can't see you. So you have to stand way high. So you feel kind of disconnected as far as physically, but by the spirit. Everybody say by the spirit. It's, it's the love of God. It's the compassion of God that you experience. Can you put that on then? There. Now, they love to dance. And we were in a field where it was just all dirt. So my husband said, did you see the cloud? I said, I think I was in it. Uh, Because once they started dancing, I was dancing right with them. Uh, But you can see that the tent is way, way back. There there were like three tents. And even they have iPhones. (laughs) Do you see that? They're filming what's going on. But they love Jesus. That's what you see. And when you look out there, even though you can't see their faces, you can feel by the spirit their hunger for the things of God. The love of God uh, brings life to people, and people know what that love is. And love will minister beyond our words, and and it does for us as well. So uh, in Ephesians 2, I want you to to get this scripture because when I share with you uh, some experiences from this trip, um, it really, the word of God explains what they what happened. But in Fe- Ephesians 2, this is what it says about us. It says in verse 4, but God who is rich in mercy. Everybody say thank you for mercy. Because, with it, because of his great love, 
That's why he has this mercy with which he loved us. Even when we were dead in our trespasses, even when we weren't doing the right thing, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved and raised up together and made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. There in that, just those three verses of scripture, it says he loved us with a great love by grace. We have been saved and he, Three times it says together. Everybody say together. When you get in unity with the Holy Spirit, the power of God is released because we are seated with him. What does that mean? It means because he's in us, we're actually operating in the same power that he operates from heaven. That same power is available to us right here in the earth. And, uh, and when we surrender to that, everybody say love surrenders. You know, love doesn't demand its own way, it says, but that that's true. But it surrenders to what God wants to do. Love will surrender even if it doesn't seem fair. How many of you love the word fair? That's not fair. Have you ever had your children say, now that's not fair? That wasn't fair, you know. But, but love surrenders in any situation. And in Philippians 2, it talks about how Jesus surrendered his place in heaven to come into the earth so that he could show us what we can be like in the earth. And uh, as, as when I'm gone and I'm in those big meetings where, honestly, um, you kind of feel like you're by yourself because you can't really talk to anybody. Uh, nobody can really talk to you. Now, I had Pastor Bill with me, so when Pastor Bill's around, it's always uh, a little crazy. But uh, so, but he's way out there. He's under a tree somewhere, or he's out, you know, way far away from all the action. But when you get up there, it's just you and the Lord. It's There's nobody else uh, like here, your familiar faces. You know, I know most of you like me. And so, you know, I it gives you a more confidence. But when you're in a crowd of people that you don't know, you're in a foreign country, you're by yourself, uh, it's really good to know that God is with you. And that the authority that you're speaking with is not you, but it's him in you. And so, therefore, you, your faith arises because you get to see God be who God says he is. And it's way beyond anything that you could do yourself. So you really get to be in that glory of what God will do. But you have to surrender. Everybody say surrender. You have to be in an uncomfortable place. Uh, I told the women this time when I went, um, w- the heat there is is unbelievable. It's it's like you're sitting in a fire. And, uh, and I, heat um, and I aren't uh, real friendly. Uh, I prefer cold, but that heat that's down there, uh, when you walk out into it, uh, every, you just start sweating. And, uh, in fact, uh, I told him this year, 10 years ago, I stayed from eight in the morning till 10 at night. I said, this year I will be coming when I speak because when you speak there, it's for four hours. And then I also had a two or three hour session in the middle of the day. And you're just praying for the wind to come and you find the loosest clothes you can find. You know, I mean, it's not like uh, we're going to an air-conditioned building and just rejoice. You're dancing in the dirt. You know, you're in unfamiliar territory. And so you have to be willing to surrender who you are and and the way you look. You know, you can't be concerned about your hair because your hair isn't even consideration anymore because it's just hanging everywhere all over you. I just cut my bangs. That was my prevention for the heat. You know, so, you know, that's 
when you were in that environment, uh, Gina said to me, after it was all done, all the meetings, she said the, the last day we were there, she said, Mama Pam, I was really worried about you. I, was, I, I went to hug you up there on the platform when you were preaching, and the water was dripping out the back of your hair, and your body felt like it was on fire, and I know you overheat. I said, well, by that point, I was in the anointing, so I don't know whether it was the anointing or the hot air, but whatever it was, I was enjoying myself. <laughs> because once you surrender to what God wants to do, the, the Spirit of God takes care of things. You know, just like when Jesus surrendered and then he came into the earth, God used him mightily in the earth to reveal who God was. You know, God, God is not someone who makes us sick. God's the healer. Jesus showed us that. He's the deliverer. He showed us who God is. And when you get in that environment because of love, everybody say because of love. You know, when Jesus was on the cross at the very end in the book of John, he said, Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. How many of you have ever been in a place where that was really hard to say? I have been there. And, uh, you know, I, I knew what God was telling me. But it's so hard not to take that offense on ourselves or take that hurt. But to say, Father, forgive them. And I just uh, was reading about Stephen. You know, in the book of Acts, they stoned Stephen for what he believed. And at the very end, he said, Father, don't lay this charge against them. In other words, he, he surrendered, he, he surrendered whatever it was that was happening to him so that God would be glorified so that God could be glorified in that situation. And those people could be forgiven for what they had done because he was saying, they don't know what they're doing. Just like Jesus was saying that. And I know sometimes in my life, I'm sure in your life, you've experienced situations where people have done things Maybe to you, maybe to your children. How many of you know it's harder when they, when they do things to your children to say, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Instead of going over there and telling them what you really think, which would not be, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Or maybe it's a teacher. You know, there's situations in our life where when you surrender to love, God will show up in that situation. And, uh, and so in that trip... Uh, you know, as I surrendered to that, and of course, Pastor Bill was praying. At one point, we were in Gina's school, and I did overheat. And I could tell my husband, he was away from me, and he looked over at me, and it was like, sit down <laughs> before you fall down. And I had to sit down. I had to drink a drink that would make me come back to life again. Uh, and there's a drink like that. It's wonderful. You know, you think you're not going to be able to move, and you drink it, and you feel like Superwoman again, you know? <laughs> Thank God for that. It was a bunch of vitamins, and I don't know, Rodney, whatever it was, it was really good. Because I was like, no. <laughs> for those of you listening on tape or by CD, my husband said tequila. It was not tequila. It's called Energize. Energize, and it's got a thousand somethings of... <laughs> vitamin C and a bunch of other vitamins and, and it really affects your electrolyte system and you, you come back to life again. <clears throat> That's no sacrifice compared to what those women did because I watched them and they stayed there for two days in the heat. We fed them, but they slept on the ground. They slept, uh, uh, some of them got to sleep on concrete uh, and, and they came and they listened and they stayed there from eight in the morning listening till 10 at night still rejoicing because Jesus was in the house. The anointing of God, the love of God is what 
compelled us to minister, but it compelled them to come. And, uh, and the last one, you know, love surrenders, loves the foundation, love surrenders, love gives. Everybody say love gives. And uh, I, I was thinking uh, this scripture, I'd, I've always liked this scripture because, you know, we can think that Jesus gave his life because he had to. But in this scripture, in John chapter 10, if you would put that one up, Donna, in ten fifteen through 18, it says, as the father knows me, even so I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. In other words, I give it. I, nobody's taking my life and other sheep, which would be, you know, the Jews he was speaking of now the Gentiles I have, which are not of this fold them also I must bring and they will hear my voice and there will be one flock and one shepherd. And then the last, therefore my father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. In other words, when he would give it, what he would receive back was far greater. And this is the one that I really like. No one takes it from me. Giving is something we make a decision to do, just like love is a decision. It's not a feeling. But I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it up again. In other words, we can choose every day to love, or we can withhold it and say, no, I'm not going to do that. This command I have received from my father. Uh, in Acts 3, 6, you know, Peter and John, when they pulled that man, that blind man up, or, or that the, was healed, when they pulled him up and they said, such as I have, I give to you. Uh, I believe the love of God compels us to do what, what we're supposed to do. And uh, I just want to share this as an example um, I, I want to be sure I share all of this. So I, I want to share this one first. Gina, the, the girl that, uh, actually lives in Mexico that we connect with to do these meetings. We had her here several years ago and it was in the winter and she had never seen snow. So we took her over to, uh, that hill in, at Purdue and put her on a sled. <laughs> we forgot to tell her you might get the street. But she was screaming and having so much fun, she didn't care. She came right back up that hill to do it again. But she's, uh, she's 50 now. She's the age of, uh, the age of some people. And uh, <laughs> my handsome nephew over there. And my son's right behind him. Um, but anyway, she's like a daughter to me, and she calls me mama. And uh, when I met Gina, she was 21 years old. And uh, she lived in uh, Sonora, Mexico. But uh, a lady from Victory whose husband was an administrator there, uh, her name was Linda Turner. She went to Mexico and did a meeting. And Gina was very young, 21. She translated for her. And she, when she saw Gina, everybody say, God knows. God will make a way where there is no way. Uh, he, she saw Gina and, and she said, it, <clears throat> you have to come to our Bible school in America. Well, uh, Gina had been in college. And if I remember right, her family was not excited about this move. But uh, Linda Turner brought her back to our Bible school in Tulsa, which my husband was over. He was the director. And she knew no English. Her family was not in agreement. But she felt she was supposed to go at 21 with $100 in her pocket. That's all she had. And she came. And uh, so we put an advertisement out in the Bible school we have this young Hispanic girl. She needs a place to live. Would anybody in the congregation be willing to give her housing so she can be here and go to Bible school? And uh, this one couple 
took her in. Ultimately, she had three other sisters coming behind her. Actually, one was older and then the two behind her. They all four came to America, came to that Bible school, and they all four are in ministry today doing what God called them to do. So, you know, God will make a way, but she had to surrender. She had to make her love for God the foundation of her life at 21. And eventually she did, you know, she just learned English from being with all of us, but she was on my worship team. And so, you know, she'd sometimes be singing in Spanish instead of English. But uh, that year we had people from all different nations. We had like eight worship uh, singers and all of them were from a different part of the world in that Bible school that year. And uh, so, you know, we, it was very, uh, very much fun for me because they, they all could sing in their language. They could all worship God in whatever language they were from. And Gina <clears throat> stayed in, 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 the, in the States that year and another year. And then God spoke to her and told her, you're called to go back to your nation. Now, really, America was a lot nicer, com- more comfortable Everything was going well for her to say, now go back, and not just to her country, but to another state in Mexico, one of the poorest, Oaxaca. And she felt called there. Well, another couple had come to Bible school, and they, for years, had been called to Oaxaca. Long story short, they went down, started a base. She went with them. And she was about 23, 24 at that time. They actually killed snakes. Now, you've heard of people killing, they killed poisonous snakes. They, they cleaned the land. She stayed there. She taught in their Bible school. She took mission trips of kids up into the mountains. Uh, sometimes it didn't go well. Uh, in one particular place, they stoned, they threw stones just like they did Paul. And she went running out of that town with all those teenagers because she was being stoned by the people in that village. I know that because my first mission trip there my husband and I were at that base, and, and the leader of that base said, uh, we're going to go up in the mountains and minister. And it, I had never been on a missions trip. And, you know, when you got off the plane, it looked like heaven, but it felt like hell, literally. It was that hot, so hot. And uh, so in the night, we took off. I said, why are we going at night? He said, well, th- we're going to this place where they stoned Gina. I thought, I don't want to go to that place. I said to my husband, I just want to tell you, if you take me there, you're responsible to God for whatever happens to me because I am your wife. And he just laughed, but we went up into, so I know the place we had victory. She did not with those teenagers, but she continued all around that area, going on mission trips up in the mountains everywhere as a young person. Ultimately she got married and she and her husband settled in what's called Port Escondido. And she had three little children right in a row. I mean, they were all babies at the same time. And uh, she felt like God spoke to her to start a Christian school in her town. Now, this is a young girl. I mean, her kids are little. And uh, Crystal Myrick, who was in this church, went down there and taught English in that Christian school uh, for her. And today, Gina's daughter is in Tulsa going to the Christian school there, playing soccer, and she knows English because of Crystal Myrick from this church who went there and taught her daughter English in that school. Isn't that amazing? 
But on with Gina. So she didn't have anywhere for a school. She didn't own any property. Her husband works for the government. He's in um, in engineering part of the government where they bring water into places that need water. And so uh, they had a house. So she started a Christian school in her house. And then she had to move out of her house because they needed all of her house for the school. And then she managed to get another house next door to her house and made that part of the school. Ultimately, when we were there just this week, uh, her school now, uh, the back part of it is a lot of land in the backyard. Uh, That's the playground for the kids. It's dirt. But uh, they now have a roof over it to keep the kids cool. And now uh, to the one end of it, she's built a three-story building, and it's going up on the third story now for the older kids to be in that part of the building. This is a sing- this is a young woman who at 21 started with $100 in her pocket, left her nation, and today God has made a way for everything she's desired to do. The reason we have 1,300 women is because of Gina. And you know it, when, you, when she walks through the crowd, it reminds me of Jesus walking through the crowd because everybody wants to talk to Gina. Why? Because she brought the life of God to that place. And we are only connected to her because God made a way for us way long time ago. See, you don't know who you're connected to. Sitting here today, you don't know who you're connected to. But if you just do that one thing that God asks you to do, everybody say, love makes a way. Love found a way to get into Mexico what is there today between her and this other couple who left their church in Kansas and came to Bible school in Tulsa and ended up going down there and starting that work. Today, that work has 50 churches in that part of Mexico. And drawing from those churches and those people who knew Gina and them, that's how this conference attracted 1,300 people. And uh, I, I want to show you, Gina. This is a, a picture of Gina. Uh, she she is so much fun. Uh, that's her on the right there with Bill and I. And uh, when I look at her I in this meeting, the last meeting, she interprets for me. And uh, we're so close that she, it's like two of us preaching the same mess. I mean, the, the anointing just gets stronger because she's right there beside me. And she is just going for it. Well, the last night she said to me, uh, we need to go. And uh, I was praying for a lady. She was crying. She was praying for a lady. We hadn't even got up on the platform yet. And uh, she said, I believe the anointing for healing is here. And I said, I do too. So up we go. We go up the steps. And both nights, I go up the steps. I'm on this high platform with this band singing in Spanish. And I can't do anything. And she forgets to come up. She's down there ministering to somebody, talking to somebody. Finally, so I just start singing in English and the guy just plays along behind me and people are worshiping like everybody knows what's going on. And uh, she comes up and she said, we need to tell them stories to build their faith. And I said, Gina, you need to do this. You know, the joy of being older is to see your children do what they've been taught to do. And uh, she began to preach to those people. And she she was talking about the woman uh, with issue of blood touching the hem of his garment. I couldn't understand. It was all Spanish, but I could tell. And she was down on the ground. She got down on her hands and knees, and she was touching that hem. And the women just began to pour out of their seats to come for healing because, because of the anointing so on her life. 
it, it actually, I said in the service, it makes me weep to see that there's young people who are going to continue to do what they're doing. She's training young people. You know, that's her heart. Is She said to me, could you go home and send me some teenagers? <laughs> I said, well, I'll try. She said, I will take them to the mountains. I said, well, I might have to prepare them for that visit. Because <laughs> that's a little different, the mountain visit. You can ask my sister, Chris. She went there once and uh, with teenagers. But I, I want to do that because uh, her heart is to introduce people to the anointing and the power of God. And so she said to me, uh, she wants us, you know, to be participate on her board in her school. But she said, I, I see a university. I see a university here. Because in this part of Mexico, there's no university. And I want a university like ORU for all these young people to go to school. This is one gal at 21 with a $100 bill. Today, she sees the university. This girl will be part of that. I don't know how she'll do it, but Gina will make that. I mean, she will follow God till he finds a way to get that done for her. Everybody say, love finds a way. You know, the, the commandment in the Bible is to love God with all your heart. That's what Jesus said, all your soul, with, with all your strength, with all your might. And the second one is to love others as you love yourself. You can't get it right till you love yourself. That's number one. You have to love yourself. But when you love yourself, then you're able to love others. And that love of God that's in you will compel you to do what you're called to do. Uh, in the, and I'm going to close with this story. In the last, in the afternoon, um, I was, uh, they had me speaking to, to young women. And I thought, Lord, you know, I'm the oldest speaker here and I'm speaking to the young women. Uh, you know, we got all these young, beautiful young women. I mean, we, there were seven of us and, and three of them were young and they were Hispanic. They could all speak Spanish. I thought, why have you got me here? And uh, so when I went to speak, my husband had to go with me because there, we were so far away from the place that he couldn't get back because I had to do two meetings that day. So he said, OK, I'm coming. So he's in the back and I, God begins to have me speak about uh, your mate, who you who the most important decision you'll make in your life is Jesus and who you're going to live with all the days of your life. And uh, and I begin to talk about, you know, that. And and I know the word wapo. It means uh, really good looking, good looking, handsome in Spanish. So I said, listen, I brought wapo man with me. <laughs> and I had Pastor Bill stand up. And, you know, now I said, Wapo man back there, he got my name in the night. You know, and I, I told him a little bit of our story. And, uh, and God just gave me this message. I told him, you know, you, you, you've, got to, you've got to know what God's saying to you. You've got to trust God for a Wapo man. Because, you know, when you start for Wapo man, everything will try to interfere in that. There might even be a Wapo Wapo man, but he ain't the right one. Because Wapo Wapo man's got wrong ideas. You need Wapo man like that. And, you know, we, I had the best time with them. Well, in the process of preaching that there was a girl that was sitting kind of over here and I don't remember what I said, but I knew the Holy spirit was speaking directly to her. You know, if, if you trust God, he'll get you to a university. If that's what you want to do. Now I'm standing in the middle of a dirt field and you can tell nobody has much of anything. You could be a doctor. You could be a nurse. You could be, and this girl's face just like lit up. And she went like this to her neighbor. And I knew 
that God had been speaking to her. And I began to speak what God told me to speak. Well, that night during that meeting, when Gina did all that ministry and I talked about her, how, you know, when you train your children, because I was sharing on four to five families there too. I said, when you train your children in the things of God, they'll do those things. When they grow up, they'll do those things. And I was talking about Gina and, and Gina said something about Mama Pam. I don't know what she said in Spanish, but uh, at the end, the greatest blessing, this girl came up to me, the girl I spoke to in that young lady meeting. And she came up and she started speaking Spanish to me. So I had to get Gina and Gina came over with me and because Gina had seen her, we had ministered to her right before the meeting. And uh, I said, what's she saying? She says she wants to know if she could, if you could be her mama too. I said, well, sure, I can be her mama. She says, I, I, she said in English, I have American mama. And, and now I saw on Facebook, she has made a friend request of me. You know, that's what it's all about. The love of God. I don't know what that little girl's going to do, but she's going to do something for God. Because God connected her by the spirit. It wasn't anything that was said because I can't understand her. But when we love people, God connects us to people. And many of you are connected to people right now. What I want to pray for today, and you can stand this morning because I want to pray for you. Sometimes we go through experiences. Love, love can have in our lives, this unconditional love can have an opportunity to wound us where we just gave it all. I mean, we... We opened our heart and we did what we thought God was telling us to do. And it didn't go the way we thought it was going to go. And, and people didn't do what we thought they were going to do. And so that wound will harden our heart. And, and then the love cannot go through. I remember when God healed me in 1979. And he said to me, if I can't touch your heart, I can't heal you. You have to let me in. And, you know, a wounded heart tries to hold people at bay. How many of you know what that's like? You know, you can get this close, but I let you in here once. And so now here's, here's your limitation. But what that does is, even if it's not somebody you're around today, or maybe you are still around them, but God wants you to love on other people, and you can't because of that, that place. I want to pray for you today. Because... Uh, with God, there's more than one Valentine's Day. 